Hey, it's Karen Hunter from the Karen Hunter Show on Sirius XM Urban View. Here's a highlight from today's show. I started watching this, this film. It's actually nominated for an NAACP Image Award in the autobiography category, and it's inspired a major motion picture documentary narrated by Common, produced by my, my favorite basketball player, Grant Hill, also known as Tamia's husband, Grant Hill. Hi, Grant. And Dwayne Wade both produced this. It is the memoir of uh, Arshe Cooper, and it's about a rowing team, which I was like, huh? And it's about a rowing team in Chicago, the west side of Chicago. So let me welcome him to the show because this story is incredible, but it also speaks to the possibilities when you can see yourself beyond what other people see of you. Let me welcome the author of the memoir, A Most Beautiful Thing, and also the new docu-series, documentary that just came out as well, Mr. Arshe Cooper. Welcome. Hey, thank you. Super excited to be on the show. Let me tell you your story, man. Um, Before we get into it, and everyone, you got to watch it. You got to watch it. You got to watch it. You got to read. You got to read it. I think you should read the book and then watch the doc because they 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 sing to each other. Um, But as you're talking, I was like, we hear a lot about Chicago being dangerous. There's a point in the film where you're taking us through these neighborhoods and the different gangs that you have to pass to get to school. And you were talking, well, if you wear your hat to the left, that's a problem. If you wear your hat cocked to the right, that's a problem. And I'm just thinking about being a young child or a young person growing up in a neighborhood where just the slightest infraction, not of your own doing, maybe you just were in a rush, you came out the house, throw your hat on, and could could leave you dead. And then your friends all talk, well, how old were you when you first saw somebody get shot? When you first saw, I was like, and then you got to go to school and pay attention and learn. Absolutely. Talk about talk about growing up in the west side of Chicago and that stress. Yeah, you know, I always say that uh, nowadays, whenever there's like a mass shooting in a suburban neighborhood, right away they send in trauma counselors or these experts to help these kids unsee what they saw right? Which they should. And I remember saying, I have walked out of the house, skipped over pools of blood, heard gunshots when we slept. Um, you know, we lost friends. We have experienced what most soldiers have experienced in war. But before we were 15 years old, um, when you, you can't, when you see that kind of stuff every day, you can't think about who really discovered America or what's 20% of half when you live in those kind of conditions, right? And so there are young people who are talented, who are hungry, but um, it's hard to learn when you live in a war zone, right? In, in a community that's not a bad community, but a neglected, underserved community. And a beautiful, most beautiful thing in the beginning, you talk about having a fan, a really loud fan in your house that was broken and it made a loud noise. But over time, you no longer heard sound and people who would come to the house be like damn this fan is loud but you didn't notice it and I imagine many of us are living in households living in neighborhoods living in communities uh with broken fans the equivalent what you're talking about where it's just our norm whether it's trash on our streets you know things you don't see I was I was I had a meeting yesterday at my condo and uh I was like, y'all can't walk past your house with that trash outside and think that's okay. 
No one should want to live like that. And I know that they didn't mean to walk past the step over the trash. They didn't see it. And I know they didn't see it. So it's my job to point it out. So I'm going to point it out. But if no one is pointing it out, how do you ever fix the problem? And is the problem the neighborhood? Is the problem the gangs? Is the problem? I just watched this whole series on crack, uh, this documentary on crack, Stanley Nelson. And I'm like, that that was an outside-in problem. And that seems to be the story of black America. There's always an outside influence on the, the very real thing that you have to deal with every day. That you don't care yeah. how the gangs became the gangs. You don't you don't care how the crack got there. You don't care how the guns got there. You just know I gotta get to school. And yep. I gotta go through this land these landmines, several of them, every day. And I got PTSD. I know I gave you I I I, I do this, you know, but I'm just, you know, I was I was watching it, Arshay, and I was reading and I was saying to myself, how do we overcome? Well, you figure something out. So tell us what was the moment? There's something cracked in your spirit and you're like, we, ain't, we don't have to live like this. Yeah. You know, it was, it was out there on the water, right. When experiencing the, the beauty of not only just being in the first all black rowing team, but a sport that was non-combative, non-conflict and, 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 and actually a sport that reduces trauma because it's so remnant and you out there in the water every day, but it wasn't until we had, leadership coaches it wasn't just like it was rowing but it wasn't just white coaches we had black coaches we had women coaches and every day i noticed how much they not only fought for us and loved but worked outside the work hours for us so every day they was in the business of eliminating dreams like real quick i spoke in harlem two years ago and i asked i was asking all these young men black men what's your dream these kids was in sixth, seventh grade. And one kid said to eat at Chipotle and all the kids were giggling, but you can look at him and you can tell he wasn't kidding. And I was like, when I was young, there's no way I would have been able to afford Chipotle if it was there. And I remember telling the school counselor, here's $20. We have to make sure he eats Chipotle. Wow. Because if I can eliminate that dream, that small dream, his Ooh. dreams becomes more bigger. It leaves room for more dreams. And my dream was to only go downtown, 15 years old in the city of Chicago, few miles away and never been downtown and that was a dream wait so you moment, wait you've never been downtown never Chicago? been downtown until i started rowing and when the coach took us downtown to row i was like this is amazing i remember seeing afterwards when i gotta go out of town and then we go out of town on a day trip and i'm like we need a week-long trip you know but every time a dream was eliminated my dreams got bigger to the point where we have gone so far that there was no way to turn back. There was no way to give up. There was nothing else to go back to. And that's when it clicked that not only that, when you have people who really care, who look at young people, who look at their kids and say, how can I eliminate their dreams? Was when I caught on to, okay, I have to put myself in a position to eliminate dreams, but also do the same for others. And I showed up, I recruited young people so they can experience the same life I was experiencing. And, and that's how it started for me. That's how I, you know, it's, it's about leadership and it's about actually being a part of that leadership, even at a young age. Arshay Cooper is here. A most beautiful thing is the amazing, incredible journey, his journey. How did we get into the boat from the West side? And before you tell us that I hear a lot about the South side of Chicago, right? Yeah. But what, 
you know, what what's the West Side? The juxtapo- tell us tell us the difference. What are the nuances? You know, South Side is supposed to be the tough side of Chicago. From what it's, is that? Well, West Side would say it's the, they the tough side, and South Side would, would say they they the tough side. But uh, I think the 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 major difference back when I was young is that the South Side had their gangs, West Side had their gangs, but South Side was killing people more on just being a person in a different gang. The West Side was built more on like our set, you messing with our money, you walking through your, our neighborhood, who are you? You selling drugs on our set. It was mostly about drugs um, that people really don't talk much about, but it was more about like, again, South Side was more about what gang you in. West Side was like, what are you doing on our set? Are you selling drugs? It was more about money. More people were getting killed based on money, although it was different gangs, but uh, it was more like, we don't know you, we never seen you, what are you doing here, you know? So how does Young and you, and I love that you brought in your, your crew, uh, Arshea Cooper's here. How do you go from navigating the gangs to getting in a boat and rowing that, that lake? How- yeah, you know, <laughs> out, so our high school was, you know, it graduated less than 50% of its senior class every year. Graduated about, uh, well, 10% would go to college every year. And it was one of the most violent schools on the west side of Chicago. And I remember walking in a lunchroom one day and I seen this boat. And I'm like, wow, what is that? You know, and this little where, white Where was the came. boat? Out the window? Where- no, it was in the lunchroom. It was in the lunchroom. And behind this boat was a TV monitor. And this little white lady was like, hey, would you want to jo- you want to join the crew team? And I'm like, crew? Like, you're talking Chicago. If anyone asks you to join your crew, you run away as fast as you can the other way. So I'm like, crew, I was confused, right? And, and, and. Although I felt like because of the way this boat looked and they had this TV monitor showing the Olympic games in the boathouse, uh, the images on the TV the, the didn't reflect the people I was used to. So I said no the first time. I was like, this is, I don't know if it's gonna be a safe space for me. I'm like, not even safe in my own neighborhood. I'm definitely not gonna be safe at, you know, around white people. And then the next day they had pizza. And everyone was like, yeah, let's, let's just go to the info <laughs> session for pizza. But I tell you, when I went up to the gym room and I seen all these kids sitting on the floor and I knew these kids, they were sons of a drug addict, sons of gang leaders, uh, sons of prostitutes. Like I, I grew up with most of these young people. And, um, and when they began to say, the moment you join this team, you'll travel. One race in Chicago, every other race is outside of the city you will overcome the fear of water and learn how to swim. You will build a brotherhood, all these college trips. You will take entrepreneurship and a summer job promise for everyone. You make money in the summer. That's when I was like, hell yes. You know what I mean? I couldn't say no. And, uh, and then when we got out there, I'll tell you. Tell me, talk, walk us through that first time. And where's out there? Where did they take you? <laughs> we downtown of the Lincoln Park Lagoon. And it's just quiet. There's the water. And this, when you get out there and they push you into open water, the same survival mode that kicks in that tells you when you hear gunshot run, tells you right, in order to get back to the dock safely, you have to pull for each other. In order to pull for each other, you have to shut up and listen. And there's one person talking and they saying, sit tall, breathe, you belong here, right? Speaking all this life into you and you're taking every stroke together and it's rhythmic, it's med- meditative. The sound of the blade hitting the waters, you're downloading the serenity, you have a downtown view. There's no police sirens, there's no bullying, no broken street glass. 
and you're just following a person in front of you and a constant sound of for an hour and a half, really. Teachers would call us, if you act up, they would say you're a walking storm, but this sport calmed the storm in us daily. And, and it was that perfect segue into learning how to just think on your own, to meditate, to take risks, to follow each other, to lean on each other, to trust each other. And, um, and, and that's how, that's how the, the team started. They, we wanted to experience that every single day. And it was truly a most beautiful thing. It was, we wasn't going out there to compete every day. We was going out there to meditate and it, it was awesome. How did you know, or when did you know that you were good? Cause y'all, y'all started, well, you know, you know, it's like golf, tennis. Yeah. So, yeah. You all know, want us to do stuff and then we do it. First yeah. of all, when did you know you were good and what remix have you brought to rowing? Got it. Shame. There we I go. Know, I already there know. There we go. <laughs> well, you know, the first race we ran into a brick wall. So uh, we, we literally, know we wasn't, literally, literally ran into a brick wall and that was not fun. But I think it wasn't until our, our second race when, you know, it, you know, in rowing, you have to wear tights, you have to wear spandex, you know? And, um, <laughs> and we was like, no, nah, we're not doing that. We wearing basketball shorts, right? And when we had a second race in St. Louis, my shorts got stuck. You know, and that's the reason why you wear spandex. So your shorts don't get. There was a reason why they didn't want y'all to look nasty. And the water, yeah, the water was choppy. But you know what? We were so physically strong on the erg machines, and our scores was better than everyone. We just wasn't as fast on the water. But when my shorts got stuck, and that two people had to drop out, and we still placed in a very competitive race, regional race, that's when we knew how good we were. But we have we had to change some things. But I will tell you that one thing. We all started wearing headband. I mean, I'm sorry. We all started wearing goggles on our head, but we only wore goggles. On we didn't wear the, on our eyes. We wore it on top of our head and cocked it to the left or to the right. But we only wore it because we said, you know, if our boat flips, we'd be still terrified of water. We get these goggles right on. But all these white boys thought it was a fashion statement, and so the next week we show up at the lagoon. All these white boys had goggles on their head. Talk, no one has ever done it. And they was like, it, we was like, oh my God, they still in our stuff, but they didn't really know it was out of fear that we was wearing those goggles, but we rolled with it. <laughs> most most black kids don't know how to swim. You know, I've talked with uh, Olympi- Olympians and I've had swim instructors on because we drowned more than anybody else. You had to learn how to swim, Arshe. Where, mm-hmm. where did they take you? How quickly did, you know, how resistant were you? And how, how quickly did you learn? It took a while. It took, you know, for some people, it took mo- a month. Some people, it took months. They failed the first one test, failed the second one, and passed the third. Uh, it was, again, it was just fear of, of drowning, you know. My grandmother said that when, you know, that pools back in her days was only four feet. And then when they finally got a couple pools in the areas, they, without swim lessons, people were drowning. So she's like, stay away from water. Stay away from water. It, it was an access issue, Right. That, that really caused a lot of that fear. Not access of just having, um, having a pool, but access to proper training. And, um, and so that fear was always there for me and uh, a couple other guys. But I think that it took, again, some longer than others, but you know, some were resistant. Some didn't want to get their hair wet, you know? But, uh, but in order to do that, we, in order to go to Philly, in order to go to St. Louis, in order 
to travel and live this life that we never lived, we had to get through the swim test. And, uh, and so again, when there's like dreams to eliminate and goals, uh, we are willing to go through the, the, the rough part to get to where we need to be. And that's survival. Arshay Cooper's here, 866-801-8255. Some people want to talk to you before I go to the phones. Uh, tell us how it, it changed your life. You're, you're telling us how it changed your life. But give us the, the tale of two Arshays. Had you not gone on the swim team, what would you be doing? And what are you doing now? Yeah. I mean, the know, swim, not the swim, I'm sorry, the row team. The row Well, you know, it, it's, I'm not sure, right? I, I would say that. You know, my mother was a was a drug addict, and she had it hard, right? She dealt with a lot of trauma, and um, and she came home and she recovered, and we moved, and and I went into a school that uh, you know, I had no confidence, right? I didn't trust anyone. I only had one friend, and I didn't I didn't like people, right? And and I was I knew I was good. I felt like I would have possibly been okay because my mom became a spiritual woman, but I would have had no opportunity to be a leader. I have no, I had no opportunity to be a team player, no opportunity to travel, to learn. So it's, it's hard to say where would I be? All these lessons I learned in the sport that I just talked about, I use every day at work. And so my job now is not only um, being an author or a rower still uh, competing, but uh, I travel around the country starting teams, like in, ba- like in places like Baltimore and St. Louis and other different places like that. And so we're launching five new programs this year Come with on. the Most Beautiful Thing Inclusion Fund, actually in Baltimore, Stockton, California, uh, South Side of Chicago, um, Oakland, and uh, Newburgh, New York. In Newark, six. Newark, New and Jersey? So, yeah, Newark, New Jersey. So we'll, we'll be um, learn, uh, launching the Most Beautiful Thing Inclusion Fund program there as well. What are the and, cities uh, again? Go back down. Stockton, Newark. Newark. Chicago Southside, mm-hmm. Baltimore, Oakland. Oakland, yeah. Yep. Okay, and I love Stockton because they got universal basic income, even though they didn't reelect uh, Mayor Tubbs. That was they didn't, yeah, they did. They did Stupid. not reelect Mayor Tubbs. Come on, he's bringing all of this goodness there, y'all. Yeah, he's been, come on. His y'all. wife has been very helpful yes. with us getting into Stockton for rowing. Yeah, she, she's on the city very, council there, right? Yeah, they very helpful, you know. And she just wrote a book. Yeah, awesome. I had book her on a couple of weeks ago. Oh yeah, no, yeah, yeah. You don't want to hear something funny that we have the same editor and this, and Chris the same publicist. <laughs> Chris, Chris from um. Oh my goodness. Flat uh, iron. Uh, what's what's the uh, flat publisher? iron? Yes. Flat, yes. 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 Oh, he's legendary though. He's done everything from uh, decoded. Did he do Jay Z's book? Chris. Chris did a lot of books. Yeah. So. He, oh wow, he didn't tell me that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's yeah. Uh, legendary in publishing. Eight six six eight zero one. I'm sorry, go ahead. Arshay. Yeah, and I want to get you out of the water. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm down. I'm down. Listen, you you ain't I'm I'm a lifeguard, so we we're good. I'm I'm down. We could film it. You know, I, my my uh skills are legendary in the water, Arshay. I'm not talking talk, talk, talk. So let's yeah. when when the thing open up, I, I promise you, Newark should be I'm I'm not too far from Newark and uh oh, really? yeah, not at all. I'm from Jersey. My daddy's from Newark. So I, I could do Newark or Baltimore. Let's get it. Okay. All right. All right. Let's let's exchange information. Let's head over to Chicago. Lauren wants to talk to you from the west side. Okay. Home girl. Hey Lauren. I'm sorry. I'm saying my own name. Sorry about that. But I'm from the 
West Side of Chicago, too. I want to say hi to everyone. Thank you for taking my call. I'm from the West Side of Chicago, where we actually call it Holy City. So I can actually understand uh, some of the things that you guys are speaking of. It was very hard to just go to school, come back home without any confrontation, worry about the gang activity and, like, the drug trafficking. But also, too, I had support from my parents, my grandparents, my family. So I wasn't on the swim team. But definitely I had EBF, after school, um, you know, games and things of that nature, chilling team. So unless you really have the support, like a strong family uh, to keep you, you know, in line and off the streets, you can go astray. But I definitely have to commend everyone and him for what he's saying because what he's actually saying is so true is that when it comes to the west side and the south side of Chicago, they have so many of these, like, food deserts. They have... Um, you know, no after-school activities for kids, and the police are not there to help. They're there to basically harass you. You know, where are you going? Who are you coming to see? Do you live in this neighborhood? It was never a community-based feeling with the police, so I can definitely understand where he's coming from. But um, I did get through high school, did go to college, got two master's degrees, but I definitely, I definitely applaud everything that he's doing so far. That's amazing. And apparently, Lauren, you not only need support, but good pizza can get the kids in even if you don't have support pizza will get the <laughs> kids to the table all right shauna in ohio thank you for sharing shauna welcome you're on with Arshay cooper i just want to thank god for your show because i just signed my son up for rowing he just started his spring and he was the only black boy and i was just so worried i was like I don't know how this is going to be, but I was trying to get him away from the aggressive sports and the demeaning attitude and everything that Mr. Cooper has said has been a blessing to my son. Like just being in a sport and being on the water, even for me, it's been, you know, relaxing just to see them out there and be next to the water. So I just want to thank God that you do what you do, because I would have never expected that there was a black person in rowing. And so I've gotten a book and I ordered some shirts and I'm like, you can look, we do it too. And it's, it's, it's here. And so I'm just thankful and I'm, I'm, Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> well, I'm cheesing over here. I'm cheesing over here. <laughs> I have to ask what program, didn't know what program. Uh, he's in the great Miami crew in Ohio. Oh, okay. All right. Tell them to reach out to me anytime, anytime. And I, I would have to say that, you know, there's so many college coaches that reach out to me. Uh, they can't give out enough scholarships right now. They really looking to diversify their team. So tell them to stay in touch. Um, I feed them right through the pipeline. I, I work with them. So please, please reach out and find me. Come on. We busy with the Amen. basketball and the football. God bless. And Shauna, um, thank you for, for that. Thank you for sharing that. And God bless you. Arshay, how do people reach out to you? Yeah, ArshayCooper.com or right there, ArshayCooper.com. You can find me on Instagram, ArshayCooper. A-R-S-H-A-Y. Um, what, what qualities do you need to be a great rower? What, what are the skills? Because, you know, basketball, you know, you need a great dribble crossover to be tall, maybe football strength. What, what makes a good rower? You know, people look for just tall kids, but honestly, no athletic abilities. You have to be willing to work hard. And that's the beauty about rowing, right? You sit on an erg, right, the rowing machine, and you pull hard, right? And in the boat, it's really what you put in 
is what you get out. That's the beauty of this sport. Like for example, Shaq worked on his free throws for years and never got better. But Rowan, there's a, you, it's a promise. You get better the more time you spend on it. And that's the beauty of this sport. It's for everyone. So those machines that we see in the gym, you know, and, and they make me nauseous when I'm on that. Do you get nauseous? <laughs> the rowing machine makes me a little nauseous. Like I don't, I'm not really feeling it, but is that where you train? It's just like Ludacris said, you're just not doing it right. Okay. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're probably right. Yeah. You know, it's, 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 it is a technique to it, right? It's really relaxing on a slide, right? And then you drive and then relax. Some ah, people just go, yeah. you have to relax on a slide See, and then drive I have a hard, hard. time relaxing. That's probably yeah. my problem. Maybe I won't do well on this road challenge that you're going to put me through. And it's not competition. I'm a highly competitive person, but this is a team sport, correct? Like, yes. do you roll one-on-one, Arshay? Do you yeah, have- there, there are singles now, especially with COVID. There's boats. They call it singles. A boat, just you by yourself, and you can row against someone else. Mm, mm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love it. And again, by going to rshaycooper.com, you can find out all of the different new programs that you are also uh, heading up and spearheading in these different cities. Okay. Yeah. Let's let's. Uh, people want to talk to you, brother. <laughs> Jim in Florida. Welcome to the Karen Hunter Show. Hey, Karen, thanks for taking my call. Mr. Cooper, thank you very much. We have a movie night. We watched a movie, A Beautiful Thing, the next day. Well, my wife is the superintendent of a major school district here in Florida. The next day, she reached out to her principals and two predominantly African-American schools immediately wanted to or interested. And now we are in the process or we they're in the process of um starting two rowing teams with two African-American schools there in Duval. Wow. Wow. Thank you. Thank that's you. Beca- Thank that's you. because of you. I will, Hold on, I Jim. I, w- I want to get your wife's number because I've been um, talking with uh, doing world building cities. We're picking different cities and I want to be in line with where there's already energy and things happening. So you got a row club in a city and a, <laughs> and a bank. We, we, we got to get it together because this is what you, when you said eliminating dreams, I was like, are you squashing people's dreams? No, we're going to cross things off of people's yes. list of things that they want to do. <laughs> and I love, I love that. And these children, you're sparking their imagination to see themselves broader and bigger, um, better than, than the way the world sees them. Um, uh, the, the young lady that called up where her son is rowing with white kids, you know, I, there's a passage in your book or maybe it was on the, yeah, it was in your book where you talk about you, there's a white boat and the white people and there's just the white coaches and you guys are coming in with all of your melanated beauty, you know, in juxtaposition to that. The boat is white. The the sport is white. You know, when I think of rowing, I think of the Winkervoss twins and, and you know, that, that yeah. Facebook movie, you know, um, <laughs> Or Jim or, or Jack Ryan, you know, on, mm-hmm. yep. on that water. Uh, I don't see black people. So this is super important, the representation. Yes, absolutely. And you know what? We it's a great thing that we're working on now. There's only in the hundreds plus years that the sport been an Olympic sport, there's only been five black uh, Olympic rowers. Only five black Olympic rowers in our country. Only five. When I, sp- I work with young women, a lo- lot closer with young men in the sport of rowing, and there's never been an African-American man who rowed on American soil in the Olympics, never. And so 2028, we have Olympics here in LA. And so right now, just like that young man from Ohio, we are 
looking for those guys, right? We are looking for those young women. And right now we are giving them extra support and resources wherever they are, right? So Florida, reach out to me because we want to make sure that that boat reflects the diversity of this country in LA 2028. Now, are you eligible? And is there age, like, do you, do things break down, Arshay, for you? Like, can you still, can you, st- can you be in the Olympics in 2028? I know I'm, too, well, I'm old, huh? yo. No, you're not. No, you're not. <laughs> I, come on. Make history. Oh, my God. I, I think I read it. Uh, that's a lot of work. I'd rather, tra- I'd rather get people <laughs> ready to do it. <laughs> you said that you get better the more you do it. You've been doing yeah, it. You got that, yeah, but I, you got I, that I, long... Yeah, I'm, I'm like you know, I, I had my time. Now I want to enjoy wings. There's a lot of young people don't need that don't need the uh, the wings and the burgers right now. I, I hear you. I, hear you. <laughs> I ain't mad at you. Get, pass that baton. I'm just thinking, is there an age cutoff though? Like if if a person is fit, it's not like track and field. You know, you got a limited time. Basketball. You know, you got a limited time. Your joints and everything. You got a limited time. What's the 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 lifespan of rowing? No, you know what? There's, you know, I, I think the oldest rower I've seen right now is, I mean, still in the, the, the you know, 30s, mid 30s, higher 30s. Like you still, if you're good and you've been training for a, a while, you have a shot. You know what I mean? And and also for those who are older, because, you know, four out of five of those Olympians didn't even touch an oar until they was in college. Wow. That is, is strength, is magic and, and commitment. And honestly, believing that you can do it, right? And, and you know, and we didn't, we didn't know that we can row. We didn't know that, you know, there was access for us. And so the more we get the word out there, the more, um, you know, the sport will be diverse. You are in, in, inspiration. I don't have to tell you that in AACP Image Award, you're probably going to definitely win that uh, as well. <laughs> no, a most beautiful thing, the book, the memoir, incredible, the documentary, Common narrated it. Grant Hill and Dwayne Wade produced it. And Arshay, you are inspiring so many people. I do want to take your challenge. I want to stay in touch with you and I want to applaud you. Hey, this is Karen Hunter. You can listen to the Karen Hunter Show live every Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. East on Sirius XM Urban View Channel 126 or anytime on the Sirius XM app.